Well, welcome to the crossing and happy new year. If uh, you came for the first time at Christmas and are coming back today, I want to especially welcome you and also want to welcome all those who are joining us, our Southeast campus, our microsites, all those watching online. Could we just give them a hand? Just welcome them. Always good to have you part of the crossing family with us. Well, I thought I would start off by sharing some highlights from our Christmas services. We had just an incredible weekend of Christmas services and had the largest attendance we've ever had in the history of the crossing. We had a total of 11,869 people who were here at both of our campuses. And a preacher's count, that would be 12,000. Actually, that'd be 15,000 with a preacher's count. But here's an even better number. We had 73 people who were baptized. Pretty excited about that and all of the stories that are told with that. But here's what I think is just the impact that I want you to see for 2018. We had a total of 608 people baptized in 2018, which is just amazing to see what God is doing and what God continues to do at this place. I spoke all 10 services live at our two campuses, so on Christmas morning I was a little tired, but it was a good tired. And so just thank you for inviting your friends. Thank you to the hundreds of volunteers who volunteered at all of our services to make such a welcoming place. And thank you for your generosity. That not only did we have the highest attendance in the history of the crossing, that we had the highest month of giving in the history of the crossing in December. We had gifts that were given um, by thousands of people from $5 to a million dollars, all to resource the, the ministries here at the crossing. And we took your generosity as an indicator that we're going to move forward with the Midtown campus. And so we'll tell you more about that and be able to celebrate that together here in the next week's and months to come. Well, a few years ago, I was pulling into my neighborhood, and the neighborhood that I lived in at the time had one of those, you know, security arms that came up and down for each car that went through. Well, I was following the car in front of me, and apparently I was following too close because the arm lifted up for them, but it did not recognize my car, and it came down right on top of my car. But it wasn't just once. It came down up and down on my car all the way through. By the time I got through there, I had about 15 dents on the top of my car. And I just had one of those what were you thinking moments. Now, I wish I could say that's the only time I've had one of those what were you thinking moments. But when I was in high school, I grew a mullet. I just thought it'd be super cool. You know, it was really trendy and popular. I thought it'd be super cool just to have long hair in the back. And now my kids look at pictures of me in high school and they ask, what were you thinking? I'm like, I, I don't know. We've all had those what were you thinking moments. You know, maybe you went onto the car lot and they said, today you can drive home a brand new car. And so you leased a car, you know, no money down. And now you're like, what was I thinking? Or you have a tattoo of your girlfriend's name who used to be your girlfriend, and your wife is like, what were you thinking? What were you thinking? Well, today we're starting this brand new series called Rewired. To change your mind, you will change your life. That if you change your thinking, it will change the direction of your life. See, we look at, at all of our bad decisions, and our past decisions, they don't even make sense to us. 
People will ask us, what were you thinking? I'm like, I don't know what I was thinking. It doesn't even make sense to us. Most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. That the things that we do begin with how we think. See, all of us want this year to be better than last year. The reason that you're in church today is because you want to get closer to Jesus this year than you were last year. And see, that all begins when we rewire our mind, when we begin to change our thinking. Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to share a scripture that's going to be the theme verse for this entire series that we're going to be walking through these next five weeks. And today, I want to tackle the lies that Satan speaks into your life, that we are going to expose today the truth about those lies. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 3. He says, though we live in the world... We do not wage war as the world does. That the Apostle Paul, he reminds us that we are in a battle. But it's not a a battle like we're used to. This is a spiritual battle. It is a battle for your mind. He says the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. And let me just stop here for just a minute. Because you might be a follower of Jesus. There may be a a time in your life where you surrendered your life to Jesus, but your thinking did not change. And you are trying to fight a spiritual battle without the spiritual power that every Christian has. He says that, that we fight a battle with these weapons that are not the weapons of the world. He says this, on the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, this word right here, when he says divine power, we get the the Greek word comes from this dunamis. We get the word dynamite from that word. That's the kind of power that he's talking about, that there is this power in you that many times, many times we live like we're defeated already. We live like I just can't do any better. But here's what we know, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. The same power that if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit in you. That is the power that we have. And here's what the Apostle Paul tells us. He says, they are the divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, we don't use this word very often, this word stronghold. But what this literally means is a fortified prison. And it's the only time, this is the only time this word is used in the entire Bible. That we have these areas in our life that we have been gripped by. See, this book, you have to to realize that this book of 2 Corinthians, it's actually a letter that was written to the Christians who lived in a city called Corinth. They are believers in Christ. So the Apostle Paul isn't talking to people who don't have the power of God. He is talking to Christians. And maybe for you, there is this one area of your life that that just seems to have control over you and it won't let you go. Maybe it's your emotions or maybe it's, it's a relationship. It might be an addiction or a habit. It might be this belief that you have about yourself. But whatever it is, you have not been able to shake it. And you make these New Year's resolutions and here we are on January 6th and you're like, okay, I'm just giving up. 
You know, it's just not worth it. I, I'm giving up already. Because we just think it's just too strong for me. I cannot change. You need to hear this. You have the power because it is the divine power of God that is at work in you to demolish these strongholds in your life. He goes on. He says, we demolish arguments. Now, this right here, the idea of this is it's anything that is hostile to the Christian faith. These arguments are anything that's hostile to the Christian faith. We demolish arguments and every pretension, look at this, that sets itself against the knowledge of God. The Apostle Paul, he comes to us and he says, in other words, that we demolish all of these things that set itself up against God's truth. Not only God's overall truth, but God's truth about you. Because God has a truth about you, but what's true about you is you don't believe it. And you've never experienced it. God has a way that he sees you that is not the way that you see you. So what we begin to do, it says, we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought. I want you to notice two parts of this. It says, we take captive. Now, this literally means that we conquer, we steal back what belongs to us. That's what this word means. That you go back into the enemy territory and you're going to steal back what belongs to you. You take it captive. And we make it obedient to Christ. That we take every single thought and we make it obey Christ. We bring it into submission. Now, here's the key principle for today. And this is really the foundational principle of this entire series. It's this, is that your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of whatever your strongest thoughts are. The life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think. And whatever your strongest thought is, that's the direction your life will go. See, what, what comes into your mind is going to come out of your life. That most of life's battles are won or lost in the mind. It is this battle between God's truth about you and Satan's lies to you. It's a war between God's truth and our enemy's deception. And our enemy tries to shape us one lie at a time. And here's the truth about strongholds. Strongholds are lies that we believed about ourselves. And when it comes to transforming our mind, a stronghold is this lie that we believe. A spiritual stronghold is a lie that is contrary to God's word. Now, I, I've just tried to define a stronghold for you, and this is just in my own words here. I'm just trying to give you an idea of what a stronghold is in the biblical sense. It's this. A stronghold is a fortified prison that has deceived you into thinking you can't break free. See, that's what a stronghold is. A stronghold feels like it has power over you, but it doesn't. It is a lie. It is a deception. You think it has more power than it actually does. A few years ago, Darla and I went to Cambodia with a team here from The Crossing, and we were leading a retreat for all of these young Cambodians who were on staff in the mission that we support there. There was about 70 or 80 who were at this retreat that were there from Cambodia. 
And one of the days of this retreat, we went out to an elephant preserve. And so as we went out to this elephant preserve, we were feeding the elephants. We were taking selfies with the elephants. I mean, some of the Cambodians were swimming with the elephants. I'm like, I am not swimming with the elephants. We are, we are not doing that. But these elephants, I mean, they were just walking around, around us, that they were well-trained, they were gentle. I don't know if you know how they train elephants. Like, when you see an elephant in a zoo, how they train the elephant is when they are young, they will put a chain around their ankle that they cannot break. And then after a while, once they have done that, they can put the smallest rope around that elephant's ankle, and that elephant will believe that he cannot break free. So even though he could easily break free from this rope, he believes that he can't break free. He just, he doesn't know that he can. See, your life, it is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And you can break free, but you just don't believe it yet. You just don't believe it yet. So let me give you some next steps of this. What, what do we do with all of this? Well, here is this first step. You have to identify the lie. You have to identify whatever it is. See, the, the truth about a stronghold is it a lie that you have believed about yourself. And so you have to identify the lie. That there are some lies that you have told yourself that affects the direction of your life. That you are living by something that is not true. It's not true. But you are convinced that it is. Look at what Jesus says in John 8. Jesus says, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. That your enemy is the father of lies. It, it's, the, it's his native language. It is his first language. It is to speak lies into your life. It is begin to deceive you into thinking that you cannot break free. But when we expose the lie, we defeat the liar. See, there, there are some lies that you believed about your life that is affecting you today. And they may be lies that have taken, you've taken with you all of these years, but it is affecting the direction of your life today. We have to expose the lie if we're going to defeat the liar. Let me just share a few of these with you. We could come up in this room with probably hundreds of different lies, but let me just share just four that maybe are kind of common among a lot of us. Here's this first lie right here, is I will never be good enough, that I will never be good enough. Maybe this lie started with you as a young age, that you noticed the people around you and you just figured, I can't compete with them. I'll never be good enough. And you just begin to say that lie into your life. Let me just, let me just be real personal with you here for just a minute. When we moved onto this campus 13 years ago, there was this lie right here that was speaking into my life, that I will never be good enough. And this battle was going on inside of me, that I usually, I'll preach for about 30 minutes. And when I preach, everything is fine. I mean, sometimes it's not, but, you know, usually everything is fine. The problem is not this 30 minutes. The problem is the three days before and the three days after. I have this battle that was going on in my mind. That as I was preparing for the weekend, I would think, I can't do this again. I just can't do it. I don't have what it takes. 
This message is not going to be any good, which means that I am not any good. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. Nobody knows what I'm going through. And then afterwards, I would just go, well, that wasn't very good, which means that I'm not any good. And it was this lie that I believed. And it was a period in my life where I finally had to address this lie. I had to get help with this lie so that I could move on from that. And over the past few years, I've implemented some principles in my life that have helped me, and I will share some of those with you in the next few weeks that they might help you as well. But maybe this has been a lie for you, is I'll never be good enough. Well, here's a second lie. It's not right, but it makes me happy. And then if we really want to justify ourselves, what we say is, it's not right, but it makes me happy, and God wants me to be happy. It's, it's kind of how we make it sound spiritual. You know, well, God, God would want me to be happy, so this would be right. And so what has happened to you is, is you have made some decisions based on, this is what I want, this will make me happy, even though you know deep down inside it's not right. Let me just tell you, if it is not right, it will not turn out right. And you will eventually be picking up the pieces from that. And not only will it not make you happy, it will rob you of the happiness that you are after. When you hear yourself begin to think, it's not right, but it'll make me happy, that's a time for you to pause because this is a lie that has taken you captive. Here's another one. Here's another one. I can't trust anybody. I can't trust anybody. Maybe you were hurt by somebody or you were betrayed by somebody. And how you have dealt with that is you've just decided, I am never going to get close to anyone again. Or maybe you just never said that out loud. That's just kind of your default way that you handle this. Is I am never going to be vulnerable again to open up myself to somebody again because I can't trust anybody. And this has been a wedge in every relationship that you have. Even the people in your life, they'll say, I just feel like there is something between us and I can't figure out what it is. And you know, because it is this lie that has taken you captive. Here, here's this last one that I'll, I'll share. If I find the right person, I will finally be happy. If I find the right person, I'll finally be happy. If you're single, you have a tendency to think, well, if I just find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right then I will finally be happy. Let me tell you, that is never going to happen. And it's a little secret for you, that's never going to happen. Or you were married and you think you married the wrong person. And so in your mind, the lie that you tell yourself is that the right person's out there and they will make me happy. Now the problem is, is you take yourself into the next relationship and that's the root of the problem. You keep taking yourself into all of these relationships and you wonder why none of them work. Instead of finding the right person, you become the right person and God begins to do something beautiful in your life. You have to combat this lie. You have to identify whatever lie it is. Maybe the lies that, that you begin to say to yourself is, I will never be good enough. 
My past is too bad. I can never change. I can't get close to anybody. If I just had fill in the blank, then I would finally be satisfied. I'm never going to have enough. My secret is safe with me. When we expose the lie, we defeat the liar. Here's the second part of this. Here's the second part of this. We identify the lie. And the second part of this, we replace the lie with God's truth. We replace the lie with God's truth. It's not just enough to identify the lie. We have to replace it with God's truth. We capture that thought, we capture that lie, and we make it obedient to Christ. This is what we're going to be specifically talking about three weeks from today, is doing that. So how do we begin to do this? How do we replace the lie with God's truth? The Apostle Paul writes in in Ephesians chapter 6, he says this. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power because you have God's power in you. Put on the full armor of God, and here's the reason we do that, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. That the Apostle Paul is now going to go through the armor of God. Now, some of you know this passage. He is going to give us the tools to stand against the devil's schemes. Here's what he says. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, because the evil one has all kinds of arrows coming against you, all kinds of lies that are coming against you. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I want you to notice something about this list. See, this list, every piece of armor is defensive except for one. They're all defensive. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes fitted with the readiness of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, those are all defensive weapons. There is only one offensive weapon. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. This is God's Word. This is the Bible in our life, that we replace the lie with God's truth. So how do we do that? We replace these lies that are happening with what God's Word says. We capture every thought, and we make it obedient to what God says. See, the more that I'm in God's word, the more that he renews my mind. The more that I put God's word in my life, the more he changes my thinking. The word of God tells us how God thinks about us. Let me just say this a different way. There are some lies that some of you have believed in your life. Some of them are lies that other people have spoken to you, Some of them are lies that for whatever reason you begin to believe about yourself, that you have these lies. Well, when you have these lies and you begin to look at God's word, if God's word says something different than the way that you've always believed about yourself, then you are wrong. If God's word says something different, then you begin to replace those lies with what God's word says in your life. You replace those lies with God's word, with the truth of his word. And then as the Apostle Paul says, we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is how we do this. Now look at this very next verse and pray. 
and pray. You have the sword of the Spirit, which is the, God's Word, and we pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So how do we battle the enemy? It's very simple. It's the Word of God in prayer. That is how you battle the lies that Satan tries to bring into your life. I love what Beth Moore says. Many of you women have done Beth Moore studies, and Beth Moore talks about this. She says, we don't just pray and read God's word. She says, we begin to pray God's word. That you take some of the promises of of God's word, and you begin to pray those. You begin to pray those promises as your prayers. Here's my challenge for you. What if you decided, here we are, the very first Sunday of the year, what if you decided to read God's word and pray every day this year? Let me tell you what I'm doing this year. Last year, I read through the Bible chronologically in a year. It actually took me about a year and a half, but I tried to do it in a year. This year, I decided I want to take just shorter sections. I'm reading one chapter of the New Testament every day this year and spending some time in prayer. And so what that looks like for me is when I eat breakfast, I get out my Bible app, my YouVersion app, and I've got that Bible study. It reminds me of what chapter I'm reading that day. I'm reading one chapter of the New Testament, just saying, okay, God, what do you have to speak to me today out of this? And I spend a few minutes in prayer. If you will do that, I guarantee you that your year will be different. A year from now, you will thank me Because it will make a noticeable difference in your life if you choose to spend every day in God's Word and prayer. Every day. It doesn't take a long time. Five minutes. That you begin to do that. See, all of us have had lies that we've wrestled with. And today, we want to begin this new series and this new year by speaking truth into those lies. But here's what we want to do just as a take home for you. Because we think that you have the power to help other people. We want you to speak truth into someone else's lie. For you to speak truth into someone else's lie. When you came in here, you were given a piece of paper. Just go ahead and just grab that. At the top it says, what truth do you want spoken into your life? What truth do you want spoken into your life? That in the lobby, we have Sharpies where you can write the truth that you need to hear in your life. That whatever truth it is that you need to hear, the words that you need spoken into you, that you need reminded of, chances are there's someone else who needs to hear those words as well. I just grabbed just a few of these that had already been written. Here's one. You are worthy of love. And protection. You are worthy. What truth do you need spoken into your life? Here's one. Your earthly father may not be present, but God the Father loves you. He is for you. He saves you. And he will never forget to take care of you. This one says you will be pressed but not crushed persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed, so shine bright. What truth do you need spoken into your life? And we have this whole wall out here, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to 
take this piece of paper, go out into the lobby, and you write down the truth that you need spoken into your life. And you put it into the wall, and then you take another one with you. So you're going to write one, and then you're going to take one. It might be the truth that you need spoken into you. It might be somebody else's truth that you just need to be reminded to pray for them. And so as you go out there, you write a truth down. You leave one and take one. We just think that part of what God does in us is he uses us to speak life into other people. Well, I want to pray with you. And maybe as we pray together, maybe for some of you, it is finally dealing with these lies that you have told yourself for so long. And maybe your prayer is say, God, I am willing to let you have this. I'm willing to admit that this has been a lie that has been a part of me. God, I need you to speak truth into that lie. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word that never changes. It stays the same. And you have spoken truth into every lie that's captivated us, every lie that we listen to, every lie that has controlled us. And the truth of your word speaks to those lies. God, in this room right now, I just pray that you would be with those who are struggling with things that have controlled them for so many years that we could begin to break some chains and to break free from those things that have so held on to us. So we pray this in the name of the one who has the power to break every chain, the name of Jesus. Amen.